Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Joel Coleman of Sports Illustrated's Cowbell Corner, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for thunder and lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman here with you on a Friday morning. Thanks for joining us as you start the weekend here at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. want to thank our great listeners, especially our servicemen who are out there taking care of us. also want to thank our sponsors, which means we got to start off with a little discussion. Uh, and if anybody's going to listen to this and come, oh, we're going to go cancel, hey, Dad. Yeah, people who I work for. I'm pretty sure the Ben Shapiro show was running right now. <laughs> Good luck canceling me. Uh, I've worked with uh, Strange Brew Coffee House now uh, since 2013. Uh, they have been a sponsor. I, I'm sorry, even further back than that, 2012. Has been a sponsor of a personal BNB show, and uh, and now here on Thunder and Lightning, had the pleasure to get to know uh, Shane and Caitlin Reed very well. Uh, they are good people, and they are good Starkville people. They have taken care of our city. They have always been there for you, the the Stark villain, uh, in times of need. They were you know one of the businesses that were able to stay open throughout the pandemic. They were able to provide staples. You know if you couldn't find toilet paper at the store, they had it for you at Strange Brew Coffee House. Uh, I know those guys, and the—I mean, first off, could you? I mean, if you're going to do a fake Photoshop, put a little effort in. Get on the weights, all right? Put some effort into it. That is—it was really bad. Secondly, you know, hey, rules are rules, and if those are the rules, those are the rules. So, I don't care how other businesses run their business, you know. And and speaking to someone who's been in food restaurant management before. I know that if you give an inch, they will take a mile. I know that just about better than anybody. I speak from deep, deep experience, Joel, on that one. So uh, I know as well as you guys do that in today's society, this will all blow over in a couple of weeks and somebody else will. We were, it's funny, Joel came in today and he was like, did we find anything more about that cinnamon toast guy? And I was like, nope, because I got replaced by Strange Brew. But something will replace Strange Brew tomorrow and life will go on. But the idea that Shane Reed and Caitlin Reed are racist people is as laughable as it can possibly be. Yeah, I, I tell you what, man, I, <laughs> you hit the nail on the head. There's not really a ton else to add. Uh, they've taken care of Starkville. Mm-hmm. Uh, our kids kind of go to <laughs> those same daycare. Uh, good, good people, good parents. Yes. They, I've, I've never. And the rock means ever. No, that came to mind as I said that. But I've never seen a lick of anything that would ever lead anyone to believe that there is anything, uh, anything that you could condemn over those two. They are just have always been fantastic people to me. And I tell you what, old Joel T can't wait to get his blueberry cobbler later today. And know this. I mean, if I thought that they were really racist people, I wouldn't (laughs) take their money. I would just be like, okay, we got to move on from this because it wouldn't be worth doing, right? I mean, well, the crazy thing is, I trust here, my judgment on this one. Look, the crazy thing is here that some folks have taken social media posts and just assumed that they're true. Yeah. And look, some look, some and some people have just made some stuff up. Yeah, I, 
So there's always, I mean, <laughs> there's always other no. other other ways to look glad. at things, and, and a lot of people that you know, and a lot of people that chime in are from Alaska and yeah, yeah. Oregon, and I'll be glad when cancel culture gets canceled. So. That said, I know this. They're good people, and I'll be there today. That's right. Support your local businesses, especially Strange Brew Coffee House and Turn and Spoon Ice Cream, because they support you. All right, let's move over, move forward with College Corner. Our good friends over there this weekend. If you're wearing maroon and white, I hope you purchased it at College Corner because if you did, chances are you got something really cool to wear. They've got great selection, great choices up and down the. Uh, the, the, the aisles there at their two locations in Jackson. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowood by the Half Shell. Or, of course, you can always shop online at collegecornerstore.com. This baseball season, grab yourself some new gear at College Corner. If you're making it up to Starville this weekend, one of your stops has got to be Humble Taco. You just can't miss out on this great, great new restaurant, Mexican Fair with Mississippi Roots. It's just up and down the menu. The Magnolia State and Mexico intertwined like you would not believe. Great I mean, fried chicken and catfish, right? Sounds great. Sounds like good old Mississippi food, but not when it's spun into a humble taco uh, meal. So get yourself over there, try it out, see what all the buzz is about, enjoy the patio, enjoy a cold beverage, enjoy some great food when you go to humble taco. I didn't think we'd be doing this, my friend. Mississippi State, uh, Arkansas, starts today. Depending on the poll you look at, you could say that's number one and number two. They're going to go head-to-head. Huge matchup. Let's leave with basketball. <laughs> Who would have thought that, huh? Who would have thought that? I mean, I might have thought that a couple months ago. I would have been like, yeah, we'll probably be talking about the women heading to the uh, Sweet 16 or something. Nope. Mississippi State going to play in the NIT Final Four uh, against to an unnamed opponent yet, either Louisiana Tech or... Fingers crossed, Western Kentucky. They tip off at 9 Central, is that right? I believe that's correct. And as we record this, they have not tipped they have off. They have not tipped off so. yet. So. But the Bulldogs, with an improbable win. I, I, I'm running out of stuff to say about this team. In that, you know, prior to the game, we find out that, uh, that uh, Tolu Smith's not going to play. Out with COVID contact tracing, we found that out. Uh, later on uh, after the post game. And Mississippi State goes out and shoots, I believe, 16 of 18 from the free throw line. They don't miss a single one until the closing seconds where Abdullah Adu misses two and then fouls out. And I'm thinking, gosh, you know, I know Adu has had his struggles. But what I thought he had already had the end of his career earlier. Then I found out you can go back and, and take away a foul. I had literally no idea that was a rule. I don't. I still don't think it's a rule, to be totally honest with you. But then he foul. He, you know, he misses the free throws. He fouls out. State's down one, and you're thinking, "Gosh, that's a tough way to go out." But then a missed free throw leads to a DJ Stewart three pointer with two seconds left on the clock. Bulldogs get a 68-67 win to improbably continue their NIT run. They're now two wins away from uh, from an NIT championship. <laughs> I'm not saying there'll be a NIT Champsville outside uh, the Humphrey Coliseum or anything like that, but this is fun. It's fun to talk about basketball right now. Yeah, it really is, and it's uh, <laughs> craziest darn thing. I mean, like if you, how many times have we said this sentence? If you'd have told me at the beginning of the year, we, we've said that kind of stuff a lot. But if you'd have told me at the beginning of the year that this team was going to get at least to the NIT Final Four, you'd have signed up for it. I feel like this is going to be that's better than I thought they'd be. Much better. 
<laughs> and instead, I mean, it's just the weirdest dang thing. But they keep finding a way to get it done. And now Tolu Smith, you know, we don't know what his situation is going to be going forward. But Molinar and Stewart were really good. I thought that Adu played pretty well. You know, I think Adu knew with uh, with Tolu out that he was going to have to shoulder a little bit more of the burden. And I think that he did. Um, and by the way, post-game, Howland was t- kind of seemed like I mean, he didn't say one way or the other what was going to happen with Toler. Kind of right. seemed like you just well, you got to see if he if he can continue to test negative. I think he can test out of the situation he's in. So, I don't even know. I mean, I guess he's not in Texas, and of course, state. I don't imagine is coming home because I got to stay in Texas to play another right. game. So, so I, I guess you'd have to. There, yeah. I guess you'd have to fly him on his own or something out yeah. there if, if he can do it. But so a tale of two two guards and two halves for Mississippi State. Iverson Molinar sort of controlled the first half for the Bulldogs. He had 18 points total. Uh, in the game. Stewart had 22. He had a much bigger second half, including going 10 for 10 from the free throw line. Also, five assists, only one turnover. State did turn it over 18 times. That's the only reason this game... Okay, we get to play this our favorite game. I'm going to tell you two stats that make you think one thing, but the other thing is actually true. If I told you before the game, Tolu Smith wasn't going to play, and State would the uh, turnover margin would be 18-7 to 7 in, in Richmond's, Richmond's favor, what's the final score of the game? Ooh. State loses by 15. State loses by 15 plus, right? Instead, State wins by one. So what you're telling me is if State could have cut the turnovers in half and Tolu Smith would have played, State would have won by 15 plus. Easily. Yeah. That's a pretty interesting uh, swing there. Uh, Like I mentioned with Idu, he finished with uh, eight points and 11 rebounds before fouling out. Uh, And then just not a whole lot else. Out there, Javian Davis, I thought, you know, getting the start, the first start of the season for him, obviously he started for Tolu. Not a lot offensively. But did get seven big rebounds. State was able to dominate the boards, plus 16 there. That's obviously a huge thing. They shot 50% for the game. And like I said, that that 89%. And it's the opposite here, by the way. Richmond, 14 of 23. They really reversed. I don't know what Richmond's free throw shooting coming in, but this was the, the reversal of everything State has done all year. State's lost games because they couldn't hit free throws. Today, they won the game because they made their free throws. And so, we continue on. Has Mississippi State, with what they've done the last couple weeks, totally changed the tenor of how this season's looked at? I mean, they beat Kentucky. They are now at least in the NIT Final Four. And by the way, did you know? I didn't realize this until a minute ago. State has now guaranteed itself two more games because there is a consolation a game in this game, tournament. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know that until yeah, more practices. But anyway, more, more work. has what they have what they have done so far? Does it change how you? view this year at all? No. Because for me, it, it does a little bit. Does it? Okay. Tell me why. Well, I mean, you kind of got the monkey off your back with the Kentucky thing. Yeah. I mean, that's a... Look, I know Kentucky this year in Kentucky of past, but it's still... It's your daddy's Kentucky, fat boy. Yeah, but still, it's a a demon that had kind of haunted them, and they exercised it. Um, They've now gotten here to the NIT Final Four, knocked off what you could... <laughs> Almost say was an, to be a an NC2A tournament, tournament team. Yeah. Uh, in the words of Ben Howland. You, mm-hmm. you knocked them off. You went here and dramatic. It's almost like this team is kind of. There's something to figuring out how to win. And early in the year, State had issues, whether it was Kentucky or whether it was Texas AM or whoever, closing out games. And this team now is kind of looking like it may have figured out how to win a little bit. There, there's something to just figuring out how to win. And it, it kind of feels like this bunch. It's kind of learned that. 
and uh, we'll we'll see if that carries over to next year at all, or, or maybe to the rest of this week as State tries to win the whole darn thing, I guess. But I don't know. It does a little bit change how I look at this year. Whereas a couple of weeks ago, I thought this I was kind of going to look at this year as a well, well they really kind of crapped the bed after looking good early. I guess it's one of those things where I have to look at it as a whole, and as a whole, getting to the NIT Final Four is pretty darn good considering my expectations coming in. My problem is when I break it down game by game and I see the, the missed opportunities, that's where I, I start to think they underachieve. What this is a little bit, though, Brian, is football. You, okay. you start off, you know, the football season. State goes to Baton Rouge and beats the crap out of the defending national champs and everybody's yippee-ki-yay, and then you have that lull in the middle, and then you close with a couple of big wins. You, you win the bowl game. a long lull. Oh, big yeah. middle. But, I mean, it was kind of a long lull for men's basketball a little bit. They lost, what, six of seven, seven of eight? I can't Something remember like what that it was. Something like in the middle there, yeah. I, I, you started off pretty good, and you thought, hey, this team may not be so bad. And yeah. then they had the long lull, and you were like, ugh. And then you get here to the end, and there's something at the end to kind of think, well, you know, there's yeah. a little something to build on here. So can the Western Kentucky game be sort of like the bowl game? Uh, well, let's hope it ends a little less violently, but yeah. Stansbury just goes after Howland. <laughs> You've got my job! <laughs> and my kid! You got yeah, that would be funny actually. <laughs> who does Mio cheer for? Well, I, I was gonna say like that'd be a good wrestling angle. You know who who does who does Isaac does he does he fight for his own team or does he fight for his dad? I've got it. I know how to book it. Mio Stansberry on a pole match. <laughs> She's she, hanging in like one of those bird first, cage looking things. Yeah, yeah, first team to score fifty gets Mio Stansberry. <laughs> that'd be pretty funny. Um, this is fun. This was a little fun little run, and I, I didn't think we would agree. I mean, when the, when they lost to Alabama, I was like, okay, season's over. I can stop. I can I can disconnect from this. I don't have to worry about it anymore. Instead, they they you know they've kept me on the hook, and so I'm I'm excited to see what happens. I think it's I think it's a fun run for them so far. All right, let's move on over to the uh, the real main event of the weekend, and that is Mississippi State baseball, uh, and that of course was brought to you by our good friends over at Welcome Home Beef. What can I say? You're going to be grilling this weekend. You're going to be out in, the, in Duty Noble grilling on the, in the outfield. You're going to be grilling at home. Whatever you're doing, you need to be breaking out Welcome Home Beef products. And if you're lucky enough to live up here in North Mississippi, you can find those products on your grocery store shelves. And if you're not, well, then you need to call Welcome Home Beef and find out how they can get to you. Might be a good weekend to grill some pork. That's not a bad talk, call. And guess what? The hogs, you know, pork. I know I get it. Okay. I get just it. Make, just making sure. Kind of thought we had a disconnect there. Just making sure that... That, uh, no, no, no. We're all on the same page. All I, right. I get the Razorback reference. Uh, but they got, guess what? They can get you pork. You just got to make the phone call. So It's welcome home beef, but they can get you pork. Well, like I said, I've said before, they're, they're just sort of a one-stop shop. They've got beef, pork. They've got fish. They have lamb. Lamb up there. They've got uh, sausage, man. Whatever you're looking for. for the Eventually, tailgate. they may should look into a name change and be welcome home meat. I, mean, I, I, I don't have a problem with that. But... What you need to do is call them today. Find out what they can bring to you, what they can set up for you. The food truck's going to be open all weekend for lunch as well. So if you want to just grab a burger or a steak sandwich, they can take care of you there too. Call them at 662-268-8148 or visit them online at welcomehomebeef.com and you find out why Welcome Home Beef says one thing. It just tastes good. I'm going to make a trip to Two Brothers this weekend. That's just going to have to happen. Part of my uh, my weekend plans. We're going to We're going to head over there. And I'm telling you this right now. 
I know it's going to be awesome because it's always awesome. I've never had a bad situation there. Never had a bad meal. Never had a bad time at Two Brothers. Neither will you. Right there in the heart of the Cotton District. Man, Saturday afternoon, grab something to eat on the way to the game or after the game. That's a great stop to sit there, enjoy the evening, uh, enjoy the people watching right there on their huge patio. Great food, great drinks, and great company at Two Brothers. It's Southern Smoked Soul Food at its finest at Two Brothers Smoked Meats. Our friends at Advantage Business Systems say one thing. They've got you covered. They've got you covered with a selection of services that can keep your business in the profits, in the black, but they've also got the kind of customer service that you would expect from your neighbors next door. Great local business that takes care of you, takes care of your customers, and takes care of your business. Call them today. Find out how they can get to work for you for all the different services they offer that help businesses just like yours. Call them at 601-362-9192 or visit them online at absms.com. You find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. Number one versus number two. We're going with that just just because it sounds better. Normally I'm a D1 guy, but for this week, I'm changing it up. Just sounds sounds good, doesn't it? It's number one versus number two. It's that's the way it should be. Mississippi State versus Arkansas. The Sunday rotation is now set. It will be Jackson Fristo on the mound for the Bulldogs. So it's McLeod, Bedner, Fristo. I think that state's best possible starting three at this time. Yeah. Uh, should have everybody available. Even you know Houston Harding only threw an inning on Wednesday, so he would be available to come off the bench and give you another left-handed arm there. Yeah, I would go so far as to say you might as well expect that to happen. I would agree. I would agree with that. Um, should be tremendous baseball this weekend. I've listened to three different national guys. We had Teddy Cahill on the podcast, obviously. Aaron Fitt and Kendall Rogers, both on Sports Talk Mississippi. They all like State to win this series. Is there pressure on State, even this early in the season, to get a series win? I, I think any time that you play in your own ballpark, there's pressure to kind of defend your yard kind of thing. What did we say back a couple of weeks ago that in the SEC, if you win all your home series, and what did we say, just sweep one of them? Okay, well, that's that's 11 wins right there. And then if you just get, uh, you know, one in your road series mm-hmm. and then win one series, which State's already done, right. well, that's 17 wins yeah, when you do the math. In great shape. So yeah, I, I do think that it is... If you lose a series at home, you're almost forced to then go out on the road and, and make it up somewhere. Mm-hmm. And obviously, State's talented enough to do that. If they right. lose the series this weekend, the world has not crashed down. Or to down. pick up a sweep at home to pick up that extra game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you got to kind of figure it out. But, yeah. I mean, to stay on pace and not kind of get behind where you want to be, which is obviously a national seed. And, and make no mistake about it, that's the goal for this team right now. Yes. It's not to host. It is to be a you national you know, seed. I, I don't think people, teams should say the goal is Omaha. The goal is to be a national seed that you're setting up that you're hosting a super regional. That is the path to Omaha. Yes. Everybody yes. says they want to get to Omaha, but the easiest way to do there is to be one through eight. No doubt about it. And right now the goal is to do that and to stay on that pace for sure, mm-hmm. win the win the series this weekend. Yeah, and and, and you you've got to really feel good about where you are because at that point you got a a Kentucky team coming in the next weekend and you, and you feel good about your chances of of winning that series. Not that it's a guarantee by any stretch. Baseball, mm-hmm. funny crap. We all know what happens. Yeah. But 
I mean, if you come out of this weekend two and one, and you're sitting there and you're four and two in the league, Kentucky's coming in next week. You can't count any chickens before you hatch, but you feel like you're going to be at least six and three mm-hmm. after nine games. I mean, you are just on pace to do exactly what you need to do. So yeah, I do think there's pressure. Um, you, you're going to be out there in front of I don't know how many fans, but there's going to be a lot of folks. Yeah, and there's going to be a lot of folks expecting to. Have a good time at the end of the night mm-hmm. on, on at least two of these three games. I, there's pressure for sure. And, and and Chris Lamonis talked about this after the North Alabama game the other night, that all of his guys are excited. And and he ha- he uttered a key phrase that I think bears mentioning. He said, I hope they're not too excited. Mm-hmm. You know, in football, I don't know if there's such a thing as too excited. You just go out there and take that emotion and just wreck people a little bit. I guess there's some, you know, false starts, that sort of thing. You can have some issues, but by and large, you can channel that. Baseball's not a game that you want to go out there and balls to the wall. You're going to be in control. And maybe maybe you're like, if you're a closer, that's about it. Yeah. Just go out there and let it fly. Landon Sims or somebody, he's kind of got that that mentality about him. But, I mean, when you're at the plate, you don't want guys pressing. Mm -hmm. Just be you. Yeah, and uh, we'll see. That that's something to kind of monitor on the weekend. But is there pressure? You darn right there is. When you're at home in the SEC, you need to win that series. Arkansas has you know has been through the years under Dave Van Horn, a really good hitting team. Uh, they've got a bunch of guys over th- uh, over 290. Uh, the leading uh, hitter in terms of regular players is Casey Opitz, who I'm pretty sure was with Arkansas when they joined the conference in 1992. <laughs> that guy has been at Arkansas for. Ever, it seems like. But he's hitting a robust uh, 364 on the season. 31 home runs for the Hogs in 19 games. They can put the ball out of the ballpark. Uh, they've got some guy, Brady Slavens, is their leading uh, home run hitter. He's hitting 304, six homers, 20 RBI. He's slugging 638 uh, on the season. Uh, just behind him is Caden Wallace. He's got fi- five homers, but only 10 RBI. He, I don't. Just nobody can get on base in front of him, I guess. But he's hitting 294 and slugging uh, 574. They're slugging 486 as a team. So pretty decent, you know, because you always know there's some guys on the bottom yeah. dragging you down. Good pitching beats good hitting, though. We'll see if it happens again this weekend because it did last weekend. That's not to say that this is not a good pitching team. Uh, ERA is a little high at 3.8, but that's because they've had some of these these weird results uh, in there. They're, they're starting uh, rotation, Patrick Wicklander who has started a 20 games for them in his Razorback career, uh, but has been out of the starting rotation this season, but back in it now. Uh, he gets the Friday night start. Zebulon Vermillion, just we've talked about his name, it is fantastic, has been maybe their most consistent starter on the season, 2.13 ERA. Team's only hitting 129 against him. Peyton Paulette had been their Friday night starter prior to this, uh, but he comes off after last week's disastrous showing against uh, Alabama. The Sunday start goes to Lale Lockhart, a, another consistent guy, 2.38 um, earn run average. Team's hitting 195 against him. Teams are only hitting 203 against Arkansas. So, But that said, you know Arkansas losing to Louisiana Tech. They lost the game last week to Alabama. You can get to them. They're not a, they're not a uh, up and – and neither is Mississippi State. I don't know that there is a team that has no weakness. I think Arkansas is a team that doesn't have – a big weakness. I don't know that Arkansas has like a flaw. You know, if you said what's the flaw for Mississippi State, you might say, well, they have their their batting order is uneven. You know, that you can get them with with left-handers. You know, you say that Lamonis mentioned after the game the other night when the split state actually has hit better against left-handers. That's this year. a crazy stat. I didn't know that. Okay, I don't. But, I don't have what those... you would say, right? Yeah, I don't know what you say about this Arkansas team. Like, this is how we get them. You know, you just got to beat them. They don't beat themselves, I'll tell you that. They're fielding 984 on the season, so they're a really solid fielding team. They don't allow a lot of base runners. 
They can punish your mistakes. This is just a good baseball team. And it's going to be a really good baseball series. But like you said just a minute ago, Joel, the oldest and most true baseball maxim is that good pitching beats good hitting. And Mississippi State has great pitching. It does. So, and, so, and, and it's, it is the path for Mississippi State to win this weekend and every weekend. I don't think it's a stretch to say at this point that you may disagree. I don't know that we're ever going to have a point in this season where we look at Mississippi State offensively and say, oh, boy. You know, I, I don't know if that offense is ever going to blow you away. Um, now, there's some good hitters in it. Tanner Allen, good hitter. I think Rowdy Jordan, he's proven time and time again that four years over, he's going to get going. Scotty DeBrule, I think, is the NCAA's active career hit leader. I mean, it, there's plenty of guys in the lineup that can hit. I just, it is not an explosive type of offense. You know, they, they're a, a group of grinders that's going to have to kind of scrape cross runs here, there, and in yonder. So, and they're good enough to do that. I, I guess I'm just saying, I think that for Mississippi State to win this series this weekend, and in most any series, their strength, their pitching staff, is going to have to continue to do what they've done so far. You yeah. know, I don't think you're going to have a game where Mississippi State's going to go out there and beat Arkansas 10-4 to or something like that. It would shock me because yeah. State hasn't had a ton of humongous offensive games save for against a 1-17 North Alabama team and a... I think a Grambling State team. I don't know what their record is, but yeah, they're not good. Or, yeah, so this is not a team that's going to just score a bunch of runs against most anybody. You're going to have to rely on Christian McLeod, Brandon Smith, Will Bednar, uh, Sims, those guys to keep doing what they're doing. And the bottom line is, I don't see any reason why they're not going to. You know, you might say later in the year. What if those guys get a little tired? Well, they're not getting tired because there's so much depth. State's not going deep with their, their pitchers right now. I I don't know if State's had a pitcher that's thrown over like 80 pitches in a game yet. Anybody. I'm trying to think. Like uh, I don't think you're I don't think so. I think last week with, with McLeod and Bedner getting in the seventies was the, easily the most all dear. Yeah. Because they just had, I, think about it, when they had a starter, how many pitches did Landon Sims throw against Texas? That might be the that might have been the the previous high, so yeah. So um, I mean, I, I don't see these arms wearing down. I, I don't know, man. Th- this team, they they're going to have to ride those arms, I think. And, and you know, may, maybe by the end of the year, state is a little more of a force offensively than what they are right now. They're good enough right now to win. I'm not mm-hmm. trying to say that they're poor offensively, right? But make no mistake about it, this team's going to live and die by if that pitching staff continues to do what they're, they've done. And there, I, I don't know why they wouldn't. Yeah, there's no reason to, to bet against them. Um, and there's so much point. depth there that even if somebody right. falters, well, kick them to the back of the I was, line. I was talking to Richard Cross about that today and saying, you know, because he, he was asking about – he was we had Jay Powell on with us, and he was asking about Parker Stinnett. And I was like, you know, you, you asked about Stinnett. And, I mean, right now, what is he? Option six, seven out of the bullpen? Maybe even further down than that. But and he's, he's throwing, really good. But he throws 96 – and that breaking stuff has a lot of movement on it, and that's that state's sixth or seventh best guy. I had a moment, by the way. I was I was so looking forward, to, and then nothing happened. Uh, my cousin, the stallion, was talking about something about MSU's pitching staff, and I said, "Well, you know, because he has a friend who has a son on the team. So his son, I'll, I'll just say it. His friend's son is Stone Simmons. Okay. And I I said, you know, I said earlier, he's like, I don't know how much that kid's going to play, and he's played a little bit this year, and so." Had a save opportunity or right. two. 
So he, then he made the comment, he's like, I don't see him getting many innings on the weekends. And I'm like, well, I mean, State has the deepest pitching staff in the country. It's like there's just not a lot of, you know, prove-it innings in there. It's got to be, we've got to win. And I was just half expecting him being an LSU fan who barely keeps up with things. To, there's no way State has the best. Yeah, but they do. You know, ask Teddy Cahill, ask Kendall Rogers, and and ask Aaron Fitt, and ask those guys who cover college baseball. Ask Peterson and McDonald. Well, I'll tell you what an interesting exercise would be. I don't think we got time to do it today, but we always do I'm our... I'm glad we don't have time for exercise, so I've got to be totally honest. <laughs> uh, we always do our confidence rankings before each football season, yeah. and ranking them 1 through 22, the starters. Yeah. It'd be interesting to sit here and, and look at Mississippi State's pitching, pitching staff? staff and rank yeah. them 1 through whatever. I think they've thrown 24 guys this year yeah. or something like that. Rank them 1 through 24. Even 24, I wouldn't... I mean, I guess 24 for me would be Riley Self, off the top of my head. And even then, in situation, situationally, he can get outs. You don't when he's out there, he's not like a human white flag. Yeah, I'm like, okay, you know, he can get through an inning. There there isn't a single guy I don't think that State has run out there that you, you They don't have, you know, first not, not year to, Jared Liebelt or, or junior season Chad Gerardo or anything like that. I mean, it sounds like I'm picking on the guy, but I mean back in the day when, when Vance Tatum would kind of come yeah, into the game, like, it right, was they're like trying to, they're trying to eat yeah, innings. this is not going to get There's eating in it. And, and he had some rough outings. Yeah. You know, there's just yeah. no way around that. Yeah, he battled, but, but you know, just. There, there, there's there's not a guy that you they run out there right now where you kind of grit your teeth. Yeah, you you, you think everybody they run now there there, there, are, there some, are some, some that you trust guys, a little more than others. Well, Don't man, misunderstand me, but you know, when Landon Sims comes out there, I'm amazed when he gives up a hit. Yeah, when the guy when he doesn't get a strikeout. I mean, it's, it's like the opposite of those situations. I have maybe too much confidence in those guys. So. And, and Brandon Smith, another guy. I mean, he, any of them. Yeah. Brandon Smith's not a guy like with, with Landon Sims that's going to punch out the yard. Yeah. But I think he is still averaging like a strikeout inning or so. I mean, he, Jay he can get said you. It, but. He said it this. He said, I have never seen a collection of pitching like what Mississippi State has in college baseball. So you just don't see it. That it's the best he's ever seen in the sport. So will that mean, will that mean anything Come June, we'll find out. But it should. It should. It should because there, there's in come tournament time or regional time or whatever. If if state ends up in a like a losers bracket situation, even you got the pitching to dig yeah, out. Yeah, you of feel it. like you can dig out of it. Yeah, no question. So, all right. So that being said, you know we said it means something in June. What does it mean this weekend? Give me two players, a, a batter and a pitcher, make a difference this weekend for MSU. Ah, uh, I. Trying to think who who's hot at the plate right now that I could see carrying over. Um, Tanner had three hits the other night, um, mm-hmm. leading the team in batting average. He's always the easy choice because you just kind of feel like Tanner's going to hit. But uh, I'll go I'll go a little differently here. I'll say Braylon Skinner. Okay. Because Mississippi State needs to have a guy at the top of that order getting on base. They really haven't had that yet. Um, Rowdy and, and Scotty DeBrule, neither one have really clicked yet this year. Um, if Braylon Skinner can be that guy, and it, I'm guessing here that he's going to lead off. He led off on Wednesday, and uh, I think you got to try it again. You're, you're facing yeah. three right-handers this weekend yes. from Arkansas, so I say you put him at the top of the order all three games and let him go. Uh, if he's getting on base ahead of Tanner Allen, ahead of Cameron James, ahead of Luke Hancock, and you're kind of starting to get that, okay, the meteor order, the guys that have kind of hit pretty well, now they're, they're pretty consistently got somebody on base in front of them. I mean, I, I think that'd be huge for Mississippi State. So 
I'll say Braylon Skinner. Uh, I'll even, I'll go so far because not like you're going to hold it against me if I'm wrong to predict that he kind of solidifies that leadoff role this weekend. All right. Uh, for me, you you mentioned my guy there. I, th- I feel like Cam James is starting to round into form here. Um, that's a guy who, from a, a talent and a tools perspective, got it all. Uh, can, he can be MSU's best power hitter, I think. And like you said, if Skinner's getting on and Tanner Allen's getting on in front of him, and Rowdy will start getting things eventually, a lot of RBI opportunities for, for, for James. So that's the guy I think at the plate this weekend could have a, a big uh, – a big impact. If he goes hitless, I won't do this again next weekend because that'll be two weekends in a row. <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. What about from a, a pitching standpoint, Joel? Who who do you have an eye on? I think it's going to be interesting to see how they use Houston Harding. Uh, uh, we talked about it a minute ago, but Arkansas has got a lot of left-handed bats. There's going to come a point this weekend, and I don't know if it's going to be on Sunday immediately following Fristo, um, but there's going to come a point this weekend where Houston Harding's going to have to get some big outs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just trying to think, has he had this stage? But I guess the closest thing he's had to this stage in this level of competition, he made that start on opening weekend down in Texas in in, in place of Will Bednar, mm-hmm. actually. I think it was that second game of the year, right? Yeah. Or am I mixing that up? Yeah, because Fristo right. started the Monday game. Um, so he, he started against uh, TCU. Mm-hmm. Other than that, well, he also, Harding has only had starts in midweek games, right? Yes, but he, he had to start against Texas Tech uh, in down in uh, down in, in Biloxi, Biloxi a year That's ago. right. So he's had some. So he's had some, some pressure moments. moments. I don't know that he's had one like he'll have this weekend if he's out there, and I think he will be out there at some point. Yeah, because I, I mean, Duty Noble's going to be, I think, rocking this yeah. weekend, and but uh, it'll be Houston's biggest moment as a Bulldog. And and so I think it'll be kind of critical what he does because he's going to have a chance at some point this weekend to get some big outs. And, you know, the other guys have kind of proven themselves on weekends a little bit so far. Harding has kind of, but not really, if that makes sense. Right. And and, and so uh, he's definitely got the stuff and the talent to, to do it, but I'll, my eyes will be on him. Uh, I'll be watching Jackson Fristo. Uh, you know, I'll look at uh, – I, I have faith in McLeod and Bednar. I think those guys can get the job done. First of all, I think he can get the job done. But, you know, this is – he sort of came into a situation last weekend where – I mean, the game was still tied. And it was, the game was – but it's, it's just different when you're the starter. You know, can he – you know, think about I always think about Lingren and things like that. So yeah, You said that he was pretty darn good with the game still tied. Was very effective. <laughs> was very effective. So we'll see if he can do it again. On one pitch. Yeah. We'll see if he can do it. I mean, and he, I mean, he give up one run and a couple innings. I mean, who cares, you know. But – you know, if, if he can be that guy, if he can be a, a, a really good Sunday star, I mean, it becomes it becomes difficult to foresee State not being a national seed if Fristo can really anchor down the Sunday spot. So we'll see what he does against a good Arkansas team. Cahill says Mississippi State. Rogers said Mississippi State. Fitz said Mississippi State. What does Coleman say? Mississippi that's, State. That's the four leading college baseball analysts in this country, <laughs> in my opinion. I, I will always believe that, that good pitching – Beats good hitting, and Mississippi State has fantastic pitching. So mm-hmm. it's tough to not see them scraping out two of these three games somehow, some way. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you there. I think State, I think it'll be the same situation. But I, I do think that Fristo gives MSU a much better chance to win on Sunday than they did they had last week. But I think McLeod, the McLeod Smith and then Bedner Sims combos are they just it's going to be tough. I mean, right now, if I said over under Friday Sunday Friday Saturday runs for Arkansas. 
four and a half. I mean, that's two games. I'm only going to get five runs. I mean, but that feels right. I mean, it's it like it should be under. So, McLeod I mean, is key too. I mean, he, you know, he had the uh, sort of the bounce back start against Eastern Michigan, and he was really good a week ago. But we're only a couple weeks removed from him. From everybody saying, "Hey, what's wrong with Christian McLeod?" So he's got to, you know, he's got to deliver, give you a good back to back start. But if he comes out on Friday dealing and he gets you into the sixth inning and you've got the lead, the game's over. The game is over. Yep. So, so we're both taking the logs to get two. We are. That we means are. it should be the number one team in the nation when we talk again. You know, I don't, I don't know if it'll be this weekend, but there's going to be a weekend where State's offense just clicks, like really yeah. clicks. Yeah. And because I think the pitching is going to be there consistently. Yeah. And, and State's going to have a weekend where it, they just beat the brakes off of. Somebody. It seems unlikely that State's off. That State's pitching that nine or ten guys are going to have an off weekend, right? Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, you know, if somebody starts struggling, you don't have to leave them out there and just hope they get out of the jam. And you that, got, you got those a guys have to know that too, right? They, they, I, I, we talked about pressure versus motivation last week with Sarantola, but the rest of those guys, I mean, they all know. If you're if you're Christian McLeod, you know that hey, I get in trouble. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get the hook because we can't sit here. There's no reason to you know. This isn't 2017 where you have seven guys. Speaking of Sarantola, man, I don't know what the plans What's ultimately going to be with him. I don't think he plays. I think if you see Eric Sarantola this weekend, it's because State either is up by a ton or they're down by a ton. Right. Um, I was about to say, couldn't you see Sarantola start? Who does State play in the midweek this week? Do you know? Off the top of your head? I'll have to, I'd have to look. Uh, I don't know off the top of my head. Um, <laughs> I don't know who it is either, but uh, whoever it is, not just this coming week, but in the weeks that you got to figure there may be a time where state starts Sarantola in the midweek, and there's going to be this I don't know SWAC team or somebody out there, and here's this kid throwing ninety. It's just going to mow them down. I mean, if he can throw strikes, yeah. Um, they're going to be like, this is their midweek guy. <laughs> um. So yeah. anyway, it, well, that's sort of what you talked about uh, the other day when Eastern Michigan, right? When Stinnett came out yeah. there. And it's like, this guy is coming out of the bullpen? He'd be the pitcher of the year in our conference? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that's the kind of thing you're looking at. So, All right, back on Sunday to, to recap everything that's happened at Diddy Noble this weekend. And, and I guess maybe, when is the next NIT game? I don't, I don't know when the next game is. Mm-hmm. It is Saturday. And I want to say it's like Saturday at 2? So right at the same time as the Hold baseball on, I, game? I've got an email that just came in, so let's see. I got the same email. I just didn't look at it. Um, yeah, two p.m. Central. So it on starts Saturday. at the same time as the baseball game. So we'll see what happens there. All right, guys, have a great uh, weekend. Talk to you again very, very soon. For Joel T. Coleman, Woo! I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.